Welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, what an absolute beautiful, beautiful day of college football. Uh, Things happen that are greatly affecting the college football playoff picture. We're starting to maybe get a little bit clearer of a picture, but also some chaos is beginning to ensue. Uh, but man, this is this was a really defining. I think this was the defining week of the college football season so far. Um, what do you think? Totally agree, and it's one of those things we finally got. What the playoff committee thinks is the top twenty-five teams so far, based on resume, all the stuff you can take from that, and we finally got to see a lot of those teams play against each other. We had a ton of top uh, twenty-five ranked games, and no, it was exactly. There's, it started off with a bang. I mean, we're recording this Sunday, and I needed time to decompress from all that we watched on Saturday because the games were just truly amazing. And from start to finish, I mean, you started off at noon. It was like you had Kansas State, Texas, where Texas looked like, oh, wow, they're going to blow out Kansas State. Next thing you know, goes into overtime. And to be honest, Kansas State made probably an error by going for it. They lost and killed their chance to win the Big 12, but that's college football, and it was special, and we had we had all of it, Cole. I mean, it was the perfect week to start November off in college football. We are less than three weeks away from the last weekend of the regular season, and obviously, you and I know what that means because there's a big game that week, but no, it's just, I mean, it's awesome. We got, we got what we wanted in college football, and I don't think that's stopping these final three weeks of the season, Cole. No, it's not not stopping at all. Things are starting to look like they're in place. Um, the uh, Michigan sign gate um, is beginning to finally cool down, I would say, uh, as we have the official resignation from Stallions. He is not basically uh, – he's saying that Harbaugh had – no knowledge and no one else in the coaching staff had knowledge with everyone's going to say, Oh, he's taken one for the team. I honestly think they probably didn't know because why would Harbaugh know that some guy has a manifesto on wanting to take over his program? Like, why would he allow that? Like, I just don't like the guy's coming for Harbaugh's job. So, I mean, whether you believe it or not, it's still happened. It's starting to calm down. Uh, Michigan's taking a strong stance. The contract's back on the table. Santa Ono, uh, our president basically came out and said, look, you're following the due process here. You're not going to be throwing any crazy allegations down, which I know those rivals love to scream, ah, you need to do this, you need to do that, integrity of the game, which is like absolutely crazy because they have no clue what they're talking about. Um, they're just mad people who hired private investigators like Ohio State did. It is coming out also that Ohio State was the start of all this. Uh, those soft little baby boys who can't stand losing uh, to Michigan two years in a row. So, yeah, that's just what's happening. It's all come down, and we can finally focus on, on some college football again. Yeah, I mean, we'll just address this real quick. I mean, your your head coach definitely knew what was going on because when the, when the, the manifesto is 15 years down the road, Harbaugh, we know, doesn't probably want to stay at Michigan long term. So the manifesto and Harbaugh can work out good. So that is just my opinion on it. Cole's right, though. It is dying down. The a lot of the, I mean, he he took one for the team there. I'm sure Michigan's going to give him a little bit of uh, financial support there, resigning. But we don't need to get into that, Cole, because we just don't need to. You know, there's there was football on the field, and yeah, I mean, we can say that you got a 
you got to let due process happen, and I there's some counter arguments to that, but it is good. Cole, college football. Right, what's your counter argument? Are you going to bring up Michigan State last year? No, I, I dare you. I mean, to. that's a fair point, okay. but I, that's not what I'm bringing no, up. No, it's. I mean, that was those are quite different things. Okay. One happens to be someone who is stealing, uh, doing something on a football field. The other is abusing another human being. Yeah, well, and not, hitter, like, I'm not assaulting saying, them. I'm not saying all, all the right. individuals that. Yes, the guys that physically. Um, did the stuff for Michigan State. Those guys, like, yep, they it was on video, everything. But there were a lot of guys around that that also got suspended that then the Big Ten found were not guilty. And Harbaugh was rushing to get all of that done. I agree. The guys that actually did the um, domestic stuff to Michigan's players, totally fair. But the, the counter argument to the due process, this is impacting this actual season. So it's a little different, but... We don't need to get into that because we could talk about that a long time. And I got my voice back, and I don't want to lose it. And we have a few episodes to record today. So, Cole, ACC, start me off. Yeah, Duke uh, on Thursday. Wake Forest travels to Duke. Duke wins 24-21. Look, Duke is – they're not the same team. The more Riley Leonard is banged up, the longer the season goes on. But, hey, they found a way to win. Wake Forest found a way to cover. Um Wake Forest is, is, is their up-and-down team. They're never an easy out, but they are also not great. So it was just a boring game. Duke wins 24-21. Yeah, tough, tough for Duke. They're just they're kind of in a free fall. I know they won this game, but having Riley Leonard just hurt and not his true self has really impacted them this year. Yeah, they're, they're just limping to the finish line here, um, which is unfortunate. Um, and then on Friday, one of my picks of the week, I don't know why I decided to trust Syracuse. I'd been right on them so much, and then I, I, I thought this was going to be where they stepped up. But Boston College wins on the road, 17-10. to 10. And Boston, they've won their last five games. They are bowl eligible. I mean, who would have thought that that would be where Boston College is standing uh, at this point in the year? It's, it's very impressive, a great coaching job. That Florida State game where they barely lost was their turnaround. Um, and they've, just, they've continued to surprise and impress, which was – we they were written off as as dead. So good for Boston College. I want to say something in defense of you. The hard thing with picking lines ahead of time are a lot of things can happen. And Syracuse's quarterback Garrett Strader, who's their team, did not play in this game. The line moved. It was still Syracuse was still the favorite. But when I saw that, I I had also placed a bet on Syracuse to win earlier on that day on Friday and was. I knew it was probably not good when I saw he didn't play. So that's a tough, tough luck call. Yeah, it's part of the game, and, and you move on. You just, just don't dwell on it. We're good. Um, and just like I'm going to move on here to Saturday, Florida State beats Pittsburgh on the road 24-7. They didn't impress, but they also didn't do anything bad. They just kind of slept walk through this game, and they're still the number four team in the country. And credit to them, Pittsburgh does tend to just randomly upset teams, especially when they're at home. So – at the very least, hey, you didn't have a scare, which is important. No Keon Coleman. That's, uh, I mean, he, Keon Coleman is a huge part of that offense. And 
not having him is uh, you really saw it. And they also don't have Johnny Wilson for that game. So it was impressive that they still went in there and won by three scores. Yeah, moving on, Virginia Tech goes to Louisville and absolutely gets destroyed. Louisville wins 34-3. to uh, I really wanted this to be a good game. Um, they, both teams are playing for, for really everything. Like it's, It was amazing that Virginia Tech was even in this position. Um, but we did know Louisville was the better team. It just, you know, when, it's, when it gets down to one game, anything can happen when it's something like this where they're both in that position. Um, but what probably was always going to happen and should have happened played out, Louisville wins this game 34-3, to and they continue to be uh, a sneaky college football playoff contender. Yeah, I got the push officially on the over-under for them. They just got to win one more game, and I get the full payout in that, so that's nice. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, and hey, I actually just got paid out on the text saying I'm under 8.5, so that was really nice because they can officially not win any more than eight games. So that was, that was a nice little boost. Um, moving on, can, are we ready to just admit that? I mean, Clemson is a, is a good team, but that Notre Dame's not that good. Clemson wins 31-23. Notre Dame, they're, they're solid. They're a fine team, but they're really not that special. Um, they're, they're good enough, but they're not good. Um, I don't think this is even a ranked team, maybe a 25th top team, but they're, they're not as what we thought, like I thought they were. I thought they were much better than this. Um, but a huge bounce back win for Clemson. I mean, they absolutely were in dire need of this win uh, for their program. Uh, Tyler, the guy who called into Dabo, uh, telling him, why do you get paid so much? I mean, this guy won you, took you from the, the depths in small town South Carolina and won you two national championships. Uh, and he just showed again why he's getting paid. I think Dabo, like, let's not question Dabo yet. Like, let's, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a big win. They need to win one of these relatively big games this year and, um, they did that, but also Notre Dame's not as good as we maybe thought they did. Like not as good as I thought they were. Yeah. Notre Dame. I mean, they have, they play the toughest schedule in college football and this year they did at least, I don't want to give them credit for it every year, but they, I mean, it just catches up. Like it's, it's caught up to them and yeah, I, they're not as good, but I'm still going to say, I think they're a top 25 team in college football, but yes, they're not as good as we probably had hoped with Sam Hartman. Um, but Tough loss for them, and yeah, I mean their season, their playoff chances were dead a few weeks ago. But this this was a tough loss for them. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and you're always going to be a little higher on Notre Dame um, because you only you barely beat them at the end as an Ohio State fan. So you're going to be banging like, oh, they're still good. My team needs to look better. So you, yep. you can do that if you want. That's fine. Um, moving on, it's called playing a team in the non-conference. The ACC game of the week. North Carolina beats Campbell 59-7. Huge bounce back win for North Carolina. Um, yeah, this was nothing, and we're going to move on from that. Um, Jake May had four touchdowns. Good for him. Basically, the run of Virginia doing well. Virginia was favored in this game, but Georgia Tech wins 45-17. Georgia Tech is a team that sometimes you believe in them, sometimes you don't. They, they're inconsistent, just like so is Virginia. Um, this was a battle of two inconsistent teams, and Georgia Tech uh, really, really won this game. Um, and left no doubt, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it, this is a whatever game to me. And then lastly, uh, Miami continues to spiral downwards. Um, NC state, not, a, not a bad team. NC state isn't horrible. They're not great, but they're not bad. Um, they win 20 to six over Miami. Um, and they continue to be relatively forgettable. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, 173, three interceptions. Just not, not a stat line that you want to have, uh, as a quarterback at all. Um, but credit to NC State's defense. I, and that this is a school where, um, as the coaching 
goes on throughout a season for NC State, the defense always gets better as the year goes on, and they just as they get coached up more and more. Uh, it's, it's it's a really good coaching staff for like a non-power um, powerhouse team in a Power Five conference. Um, and so it's just it's just always a good solid coaching job by NC State. And yeah, I mean Miami just. Their offense just didn't have it. It looked like Josh Gaddis was back calling plays for him like last year. Yeah, Dave Doran, very underrated head coach. He has done a great job at NC State, which is a hard place to win at. And, yeah, I think my Miami over 7.5, it's going to be tough. They they get at Florida State next weekend, so probably going to chalk that up as a loss. And then they have to win both against Louisville at home, which – Honestly, I could see them getting that game. And then at Boston College, and we've seen how Boston College has played. So probably not looking great for my over six and a half calls. So I'm going to take us to the Big Ten, which the big we're going to talk about some Big Ten West games here. That That is horrible. Like, it's bad. Like, the Big Ten West is just a joke. Like, I, I had a – we'll get to this game in a sec, but I had the Iowa-Northwestern game on my iPad because – that was uh, in my one of my big parlays of the day. I had Northwestern plus five and a half. And I mean, I just, I liked watching it because it, there was nothing fun in it. It was just defense the whole time. And it was on a side screen. I wasn't totally engaged in it. But yeah, that conference is just, that part of the conference is just horrible. So I'll obviously start off. Ohio State goes on the road against Rutgers. And to be honest, really had a scare. Like they had a true scare. Rutgers give them a lot of credit. Um, they're a good football team, but Ohio State should be able to go in here and handle business. Uh, I like to say good teams win, great teams cover. Ohio State with the late cover on that. They've done that a few times this year, which has been kind of funny. 18 and a half, they win by 19. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it's just, it wasn't, it, I like what I'm seeing from the defense continually. Like the defense is, there has been no faults with them and they're missing the two best guys in the secondary in this game and everything's pretty much fine. I didn't like how much Mundungai, who is a good running back in his own right, but nothing like we're going to see in a few weeks against Blake Corum. He had a good game. And I think once that game turned into Rutgers, you got to throw the football. It was the game expanded and the lead expanded. And it's nice to see Travion Henderson just do Travion Henderson things like he did when he was a freshman. He looks like he's got a little bit of his uh, step back. Cole's right. He is injury prone, so hopefully that doesn't catch up to him here too soon. But uh, Marvin Harrison continues the campaign with uh, two touchdowns that really weren't that meaningful. But in the Heisman race this year where there is not a clear-cut favorite, I'm actually maybe starting to believe that he could sneak in there. If you look at a lot of the national media's Heisman people they talk about in games, they all have Marvin Harrison on it. Now, that doesn't mean really anything, but that is my sense on the game. Kyle McCord, he's he's an average quarterback. Like I was trying to defend him being really good. I don't think you have to be really really good with the weapons he has to win, um, and they're proving that. But uh, he needs to step it up a bit. And two games in a row at home, and then obviously the one that it all matters. So it's it was a not a super confident performance from Ohio State, but I like to see a Mecca Buka back. Um, Kate Stover didn't play in this game, so it seems like one guy's are always out. But depth is a important thing in college football, and they have lots of it. So that's my thoughts on the game call. A little longer than 
people would have expected. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with something nice. Marvin Harrison is is very, very good at football, and he deserves all the credit and all the flowers, especially for being able to prop up enough of Kyle McCord. I mean, Kyle McCord is an absolute horrible quarterback if he doesn't have Marvin Harrison. Like, Marvin Harrison makes him look so much better, which is, that's what he does. That's why Marvin Harrison is such an amazing player. Um, I think Kyle McCord, yeah, I mean, this, this offense has a tendency to stall uh, throughout stretches of the, of the game, which is um, it's just fine if you have that good of a defense. Um, not uh, Might not be fine against maybe an, if you make the playoff or against a team like Michigan, but you can win a game against Rutgers um, if, when your offense stalls. However, if, you, if you're just someone who didn't watch the game but check the scores at the end of the day, um, this game was 16-21 to 21 in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was close. Rutgers had the lead at half. Um and then, like you said, once the Rutgers really had to throw the ball, the lead expanded. And that's just, I mean, that's why Ohio State is the better, more talented team. Like, there's no doubt Ohio State is a much better team than Rutgers. Um, but it was a pretty close game um, and a lot closer than the score says. And it's definitely not one that I'm encouraged by if I'm an Ohio State fan at all. Um, it's definitely one that I'm encouraged by if I'm a Michigan fan, um, which, as you know, I am. So, it's, I mean, this, this was just another Ohio State game that they've had. They've had plenty of those this year where there's, they leave a lot to be desired, whether that was against Indiana in the first game of the year, whether that was against Maryland. They all ended up winning those games and covering in those games and doing kind of what they should have. Um, but those games did leave a lot to be desired for, for, the, for Ohio State. Yep, we'll move on because I could talk longer. So, good call on the Michigan State uh, pick here. I'm surprised you picked them, to be honest, because – I'm just very surprised you picked them, but you saw value, and they won, and they had a good game. It was it was cool to send the seniors out that way because that was Michigan State's last home game of the year, and it was cool to see them get a Big Ten win. It was cool for Harlan Barnett because, I mean, he, got, he was in task with a very hard um, job in terms of what he had to take this team through this year, and it was cool to see them get the win at home in front of a it was a pretty good crowd I had to I sold the tickets because anytime it's November I'm not a big fan of going to the games but yesterday would have been a perfect day to go watch football it was about 58 degrees in Michigan and it was really nice so good for Michigan State and uh, if you're good with it Cole we'll move on yeah I mean I was just I was right about Nebraska was doing too well they had to get humbled once once this train starts moving it's time for people to hop on any Big Ten West team, they fail. Um, like once any West team starts to get mo- momentum, when people start to believe in a team, they're going to lose a game. That's just, I think that's the law in the Big Ten West. So that's just, and Michigan Michigan State's looked good enough in the past weeks where I figured this was a perfect storm for them. So still don't like them, but there was value. And you got to, I mean, you know, uh, the, the bets don't care about your feelings, you know, smart money. Exactly. They gave, and they gave you a, non-losing week in the A-plus picks of the week. Um, so that was good. Uh, moving on to Michigan. I'll be honest, watch zero seconds of this game due to the two outstanding games that were also at this time. Uh, Michigan dominates Purdue 41-13. Uh, I heard that they got a late backdoor cover. Um, Purdue did, and that's all I know on this game, Cole. Yeah, I mean, this was... It was uh, so if you watch the first half of the first quarter, that was all you need to watch. Michigan was up twenty to zero very early. Um, they should have been up more. They kicked too many field goals. They did look sloppy. Um, they absolutely looked sloppy. But I mean, Michigan just is, Purdue's bad. Michigan's good. 
uh, and they just kind of dominated them like they have against every other team, every other bad team they've played from the Big Ten. Um, yeah, the game was over. You you knew right away it was over within uh, the first half of the first quarter. Um, it was it was done, and then they looked relatively sloppy throughout the rest of the game. Which coming off a bye, it's fine. Um, and the big ones next week against Penn State. Yep. But speaking of Penn State, that's our next game. Penn State just dominates Maryland. Like goes into Maryland and just rips out the soul of that team. That soul was already leaving because they had not. Uh, they've lost four straight games now, dating back to the Ohio State game. And really, they just don't look like a good football team. Um, I. I don't think there's a slim chance at all. I said that Maryland would win one of those three against the teams. If Michigan's their last chance, no chance in them winning that game, in my opinion. And it was a, as a Penn State fan, it's probably exactly what you wanted to see before you go play uh, a very good Michigan team. Drew Aller threw for four touchdowns. Um, They were able to run the football for over four yards to carry. So, that's really all I got on this game. It's going to be a big one next week um, in uh, at Penn State, and it's Michigan's three-game season starts, and it'll be a great football game, I hope. Yeah, um, I think Michigan's going to kill them. But anyway, uh, the Maryland, I, I thought the same thing. I thought Maryland would win one of the three games. I didn't think it would be Michigan, just like you didn't think it would be Ohio State. So we'll see what happens in that last game. But Maryland has spiraled. They do what they do every year. Something about that culture, maybe the coaching, something allows them to start fast and just be horrible the second half of the year. I, they, they just forget how to play football. It's, it's, it's inexplainable. I don't understand what happens to them. Um, I will say Penn State, yes, dominant win. But Penn State, for the scoreboard watchers, like a lot of you are for games that aren't good when there's so, much, so many other very good games on that day, you might not have watched this game. Yes, Penn State did look like they were in control the whole time. However, they scored 27 fourth quarter points. James Franklin is the king of making his wins look better on the stat sheet uh, and on the scoreboard at the end of games. Um, and just to kind of put like a little a little front up so people can say, oh, look at my team. Look how good Penn State is. People who might not have watched the games. Yes, they were control. They weren't in any danger of losing the game. However, they more so just went for style points and made themselves look a lot better. They don't pull their starters as early. Uh, to score 27 fourth quarter points. So just keep an eye on that. Don't let Penn State continue to trick you because they're not that great of a team. I was just saying more from a national media standpoint, this was like the big upset of the week for a lot of people that I follow, and they just thought Maryland would uh, compete and make it closer. So I was just saying they Penn State did not make that a close game. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't countering your argument. I was just saying I agree. They didn't make it a close game. It was ne- They were never in doubt of losing that game. I'm just saying they make it look a little bit more than it actually was by just piling on teams at the end of games to make themselves look better. And I think there, this game was never in danger of Penn State losing. They controlled the whole game, and I 100% believe that. I'm just saying they make it look a little crazier than it was. Fair enough. Uh, next game, Indiana against Wisconsin. and Just chaos. It keeps going in, in the Big Ten West. Obviously, Indiana's in the Big Ten East, but Indiana beats Wisconsin. It was an emotional game with Bob Knight. They were celebrating... Bob Knight's uh, legacy. He passed away this past week. Um, Big win for Indiana. Next game, Illinois at Minnesota. And this was a big one. Illinois stunned them late, 27-26. This gives Illinois maybe a chance in the Big Ten or West. I don't know. Minnesota was probably 
one of the favorites before they lost this game. And then the last one in the Big Ten West, Iowa, 10-7 at Wrigley Field. It was really cool to watch a football game played at Wrigley Field. And this puts Iowa in the pole position to probably win the Big Ten West. But if I told you that you had to bet that, I would not recommend that because who knows in a crazy Big Ten West goal. Yeah, I bet Iowa preseason to win the Big Ten West. So I'm I'm, I'm still confident in that, but Big Ten West just decides to do Big Ten West things. So you have no idea. It's, it's, it's so funny how opposite the... Um, just the dynamics are from the east to the west, how opposite the races are. The one is who is going to lose less games and shoot themselves in the foot less. And the other one is which juggernaut is going to come out of the east. So it's which juggernaut will come out of the east versus which who's the sacrificial lamb out of the west. And that's just that's just what it is. It's, it's gross. Um, I do think it'll be Iowa, but their logic doesn't really happen. Um, on the west side of the conference here. Yeah, I agree. The Big Ten West is just whatever you think is going to happen, it's the exact opposite. So, Cole, move us into a crazy day in the Big 12 that we had yesterday. Yeah, so uh, Big 12, uh, sneaky. They looked like a boring two-race, two-horse race race, uh, conference uh, earlier in the year, and now they're they're looking fun. Uh, We'll start out with Thursday. Pretty irrelevant game. Texas Tech wins 35-28. TCU just continues to look bad, and Texas Tech is just Texas Tech, who no one cares about. Next is, uh, I'm going to start with the big one here. Um, One of the big ones, at least. Um, Kansas State heads to Texas uh, and puts up a great fight. Texas um, really was controlling the game early on, and Kansas State just fights back. Something about those Sark teams uh, just don't know how to put games away, and Kansas State really fought back. Had a chance, had a few chances to win this game. Pushed it to overtime. Fourth down, they held Texas to a field goal in the first leg of overtime, uh, and they they Kansas State could have tied it, sent it to double overtime with a short little chip field goal. They were on the I think it was the five or six yard line, and they decided to go for it. Who's the Will Howard? Basically gets sacked. Uh, just a broken down play right away, and. Uh, Texas just escapes with a huge win, especially considering what happened uh, in the other game. Yeah, Texas needed that. Like you, they uh, if they could not lose that game. And to be honest, Malik Murphy was horrible. Like he was, he was not good. Um, I am curious on obviously Arch Manning. There's a lot of hype around him. He's a true freshman. There's a lot that goes with that, but. Kind of surprised that maybe he didn't get a look here, especially with how good of an arm he's supposed to have, and he's more like a Quinn Ewers. But, yeah, they survived, won the game that they needed to win, and now they're in first place in the Big Ten or in the Big 12 with a team we're going to get to in a sec, and it's just they needed it. And I don't know why, to be honest, uh, Chris Kleiman went for that and did not just kick the field goal because they were the better football team at that point in the game. And Malik Murphy could not throw the ball within 10 yards of his guys. And so I think it was a poor coaching mistake. I would have just gave it to, I'd let the defense make the the game winning plays. And I would trust Will Howard over their quarterback. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Malik Murphy, if you just closed your eyes and listened to Gus Johnson the whole game, you would think Malik Murphy was a Heisman frontrunner the way he was talking about him. Um, but that's just kind of who Gus Johnson is sometimes. A great color commentator, but uh, it seems like he doesn't do research at times on on who he's calling. Not at all. Um, but luckily he has Joel there who who, who knows his stuff. Um, 
But yeah, moving on to the other big game. Um, moment of silence for the last Bedlam game as it is dead. All right, good moment of silence. It was a beautiful game. It was Bedlam. It was everything uh, that we really want over the past uh, few years, everything it's been. It was a great uh, end to it with the proper team coming out on top. One of my A-plus picks, Oklahoma State wins 27-24. And man, that's beautiful to send your rival um, just off to a new conference with a loss with that they were not going to be playing this game at all in the near future and just send them home uh that soft school and the boomer sooner uh and they are sent packing sad which really fills my heart with how just pretentious that that fan base is and how just the I just don't like Oklahoma, and I love everything Oklahoma State is built on and everything that they are about. Uh, And this was just so beautiful to see Oklahoma State get this win. Ollie Gordon plays out of his mind, 137 yards, two touchdowns, continues to just carry this team. Um, But, I mean, the the whole team, complete, played with energy, emotion. Mike Gundy has these boys rolling. They are in the driver's seat to play Texas in the... Um, Big 12 championship, and who I mean, who would have thought being that Oklahoma State would be in this position? But man, they deserve all the flowers. Maybe Mike Gundy's best ever coaching job. Yeah, I'll tell you one person that thought that they would uh, be in the running for the Big 12, and that was one of my favorite guys to listen to. Josh Pate picked Texas and Oklahoma State on his preseason podcast show, and I mean, right now that's probably the front runner um, to be the Big 12 championship, which is just absolutely crazy and they don't play each other Oklahoma State Texas do not play each other they both if you look at their schedules should run the table which would mean they're the big 12 champion so kind of crazy yeah the one thing to keep in mind is he did take it back uh in middle of the year like after week four he said I'm now thinking it's going to be Oklahoma Texas he did do that obviously he's back on it and I, I I'm willing to Still give them all the flowers in the world for that pick because it is a great pick. And um, let's not just let's just he what he lost confidence too, like the rest of us. We all lost confidence, and if you have two eyeballs, you would lose confidence. Hey, they were my they were my surprise yeah. team, and I gave yeah. up on them pretty early. That's I, fair. I yeah, did. I, I I thought they could be better than people thought. I wasn't. I didn't pick them as my surprise team, but kudos to them for really because everyone everyone left them for dead. Unless maybe you're in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, everyone else kind of le- left them for for dead and. Uh, I love seeing a program like this kind of bounce back and see that good coaching and culture take over uh, and winning such an emotional game like this. So beautiful game, but moving on to a team that is also sneaky, needs some help, but playing really well. Kansas, not favored in this game, uh, goes to Iowa State and wins 28-21. And a game that you thought probably could have been a letdown for Kansas um, and Iowa State's been rolling lately. They had a chance to make this Big 12 championship as well. Uh, Kansas wins this game 28-21, and they continue to really just be Kansas football, which is a good program now, and Lance Leipold continues to do an amazing job, and this is a fun team to watch and a really fun team to root for. Yeah, and they don't even have their best player in Jalen Daniels, and they haven't had him for most of the year, which is a bummer, but yeah, these teams I would not have expected. Kansas maybe, but... Definitely not Iowa State to be in the uh, in the race this late in the season. So kudos to those two teams and their coaches. Moving on, uh, Houston beats Baylor 25-24 in overtime uh, in a game uh, that is 
you're more than welcome to forget against two programs who aren't really in any place to do anything. Um, not great football here, but good enough. And, and if overtime ball is always fun to watch. UCF gets their first Big 12 win um, of the Big 12 era for them. However, they played a non-former Big 12 team as well. So we got to wait till they play an original Big 12 team and get a win to give them any flowers. But Cincinnati, 0-6 in the Big 12. I thought they'd be horrible, but and they are. But both teams are not really performing well. Next game, West Virginia destroys BYU 37-7. And hey, good for West Virginia. They're continuing to to just be a solid team and a tough out and just handle business uh, against the, against the BYU team. Yeah. Neil Brown, I think is secure. I think his job is good. Um, I don't think you're going to see them move on from him at all because they shouldn't. And to be honest, he's had a pretty good coaching job this year. And I can tell you, Pat McAfee is probably very happy on his uh, West Virginia team. So Cole, I'm going to take us into the SEC, which had a ton of really good games this week. There was a lot. Um, right at the top is Missouri, Georgia. Uh, number 12, Missouri goes on the road to play Georgia. And score ended up being 30-21. Georgia wins by nine. It was it was a, it was a close game the whole time. Um, in the fourth quarter, yeah, maybe start feeling like Missouri has no chance. But... Kudos to this Missouri team and Eli Drinkwitz. Like he, he's building something there. Um, he's a name that I am surprised is not a hotter name in the coaching ranks. But I think the reason is, is because people know how good of a recruiting class he's bringing in, and how he's already been able to do what he's done and give him more talent and recruits. And it seems like the NIL program there is stepping up big time because they're getting some really highly touted kids but uh it was a game where i didn't think carson beck could do this early in the year and he had a good game and lad mcconkey who's been there for a while stepped up in the absence of brock bowers and georgia's little mini gauntlet is starting because next week they play ole miss and it is going to really test this team without their best player brock bowers yeah it was it was a really good game um really good game plan by missouri they, they fought well, and they deserve all of just the recognition for the way they, they went on the road in a hostile environment against the back-to-back national champions um, and really just performed very well against them, gave them all they could ask for. I mean, really, the, we, the change of the game was that just bad interception to the big boy on Georgia, and, and that was really the big changing big boy big big guy uh and that changed the game that really did i mean it was it was a mistake you can't make if you're missouri trying to upset a a georgia team um but that just goes to show they were right there one mistake and this could be a very different game with a very different outcome because it was already very close i do like i'm not saying that if that didn't happen they win this game because who knows what would have happened i'm just saying uh they were right there and they performed admirably and it was it was a fun game to watch and, and what good good test um passed by Georgia. But like you said, they had another one right around the corner. Yeah, I mean they got they got Ole Miss this week upcoming and then they have uh Tennessee the next week. So two two good teams in the SEC that are gonna give Georgia, I think, good games. So the big one, Cole, and I have been waiting all day to talk about this one. Alabama LSU. Now I think there's a counter argument that obviously Jalen Daniels getting hurt towards the end of the game hurt kind of the like what that win 
was for Alabama, but they were going to win if Jalen Daniels, or Jaden Daniels, sorry, we were just talking about Jalen Daniels. They would have won if he didn't get hurt on that drive. This was an outstanding game. I mean, when you look at 300, over 300 yards rushing for the quarterbacks, like that just showed how uh, elite these two's playmaking ability is. And it's funny because I had been so high on Jalen Milrow all year to be this kind of a quarterback, and they didn't do it all year. They've never just fully let his running ability take over. Now I think the main reason is is LSU's defense is just horrible. They have Harold Perkins, who's probably one of the better defensive guys in college football. And other than that, they got nobody, in my opinion, in terms of defense. And Alabama wins. They are in pole position to win. or They're going to win the SEC West. They just have to win one of their two remaining games. Um, The only way that they would have a chance of not doing it is if they lose out. So it was a big win. And... I, I'm just very happy because Cole was very confident on LSU winning this game. I know he didn't pick it for the A-plus picks, but he was he was confident, guys. So the death of Alabama is not a real thing because there's a chance they make the actual college football playoff this year. So that's my thoughts on the game, Cole. Um, just because, yeah, I mean, bad game for LSU. Uh, like you said, Jay and Daniels getting hurt definitely did affect it a little bit. I mean, it definitely, like, Alabama still probably wins that game, but – you never know, like the the fireworks, crazy things can happen at the end of games with that when you are that talented of a quarterback. Um, but yeah, you know what? You're you're right. Alabama will probably win the East, but um, that doesn't mean they're not dead. Like they're 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 not going to make the playoff. They're dead to me still. I like just because. Okay, well the dead. Let's clear let's clear this up real quick. The dead for you is saying you they were going to lose four games this year. I we I, we have all the audio of this. That Alabama is going to lose four games, and they are so bad. And Alabama, this is Jalen Milrose, a horrible quarterback. I have this all on audio. It's a beautiful thing of the podcast, Cole. But you got to give them some love because they're going to win one of the hardest divisions in college football with a team that you were not high on at all. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely overcame some of my expectations for sure. I wouldn't call us one of the hardest divisions in college football this year because it's just not as good as it's been in the past. The SEC is way too propped up this year. I don't think the SEC is nearly as good as it's been in the past this year. Um, people are just blinded by the brand of it this year. Um, but good for Alabama. They're going to win the East, and that's going to be – uh, probably the only thing they do win this year. And yeah, I mean, they're still not like, like I, the main thing is they are not the Alabama that they are and that they expect to be. They're really not just cause they're outperforming the expectations after the U- USF game. Doesn't mean like, is that, is that their ceiling now winning the, winning the, uh, the West, like good for them, but they're still, they're not, <laughs> they're just not what people are saying they are. And I'm it's just cause it hasn't come to fruition yet. Doesn't mean it's not going to come to fruition because they're not going to make the playoff. They might, yeah, sure, they'll make the SEC championship, but they're not going to make the playoff. Just got to hold you accountable, because you said they were going to lose four games, and they have just dominated in their games and are not going to lose four games. So just have to... I was I was wrong about the, all the losses, but I still just... Anyone claiming that they're... Yeah, they're just not... They're not that good still. I still don't think they're that good, but they, they definitely outperformed what I thought they were. Okay. Just had to just had to clear that up, Cole, because I had to, there's some fans that listen to this that just keep asking me, why is Cole not like Alabama? I've had a few people ask me, and so I just had to just had to ask you on the podcast, which you've explained, so that's good. Ole Miss, when they get in, when they get in a game that they 
are not able to make any mistakes in when it's when it's that splitting hairs of who the better team is, Alabama will lose that game because they're going to be the team that will make the mistake because they don't have the quarterback that you can truly rely on. Yeah, he'll run the ball well, but if you're if you need a late drive fourth quarter throwing the ball downfield or uh, it's just it's just to put a game away, maybe it's just not going to happen for them. They just don't have that in them. All right, well this is on the podcast. It's recorded. Alabama is going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. I will say that right here, and they. I've not been impressed with Georgia, and yep, Alabama's down, but I think they win that game. So it's out there for everybody to know. So we're going to move on so we don't make this a two-hour podcast. So uh, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, this was a game we both picked the opposite sides of, and it was a push. It was a great game. Watch this whole game. Uh, Quintez Jenkins finally looks like he's back. He kind of started the year really poorly for how good of a player he was. I mean, he's first-team All-American, and... Yeah, it cash Cole's under bet, which I which is good. It also is just a push and did not. This is the one that prevented me from going five and zero in the picks of the week, which is a bummer. But no losses, so I'm not going to complain. Cole it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game, and that's what happens. You were on one end, I was on the right end, uh, on a different end, and it was just it just and it was just a tie. And uh, so we weren't wrong, we weren't right. I mean, I mean, we were both right. I guess. First push of the year in week 10. Kind of yeah. crazy yeah. with all the spreads that, I mean, we've picked we've picked over 50 games now, and that was kind of surprising that that was our first push. So a game that I know nothing about, Tennessee played UConn. I was not going to watch any second of this. Tennessee wins 59-3. Arkansas goes on the road and beats Florida. Florida is the, I'm going to give Cole the kudos on Florida because he, he's been right on them all year. Like they, no one knows what they're going to get from this team. Like they can go out and look good and then look horrible and losing to Arkansas is horrible at home. And I know it was in OT. I know Cole picked Arkansas in a parlay he had. He hit it. Congrats, Cole. Yeah, thanks. It was, it was a, it was a big win. Definitely boosted up a lot. It was a six leg parlay and Arkansas was the last leg. And um, you just can't bet on Florida and also sneaky. I have the under five and a half wins for Florida this year and i mean there was there's definitely like been some sweating uh sweating it out and this was the last game i think i had to sweat out because i mean i do think they'll lose to lsu missouri and florida state um and it's just gonna be they've they've been at five wins for a while now and i just i don't think they they're gonna get to that that sixth win and uh, i mean they could they still definitely could because they are such an inconsistent team where sometimes they they go nuts and other times they're, they're really bad but i do think billy napier maybe a little bit better surprisingly than I thought but that just goes to show how bad of a coach I thought he was but I still don't think he's a very good coach and I think Florida would do well to not have him uh, be their head coach next year but I just don't think that's gonna I think they'll give him another year especially with the way he's recruiting yeah good job Cole I mean that's a that's a good one for the over-under I uh good I'm just glad for you that that one's gonna hit uh South Carolina Jacksonville State battle of uh Cocktober that's a huge thing in South Carolina, the Gamecocks, and they played Jacksonville State Gamecocks. That's all we're going to talk about that one. South Carolina wins. Uh, Auburn goes on the road to play Vanderbilt. Auburn's starting to play okay football recently, um, and they won another SEC game. They're obviously only 2-4, and four, but have looked a little bit better, so who knows? Maybe the Iron Bowl. That always is a crazy game, and I know Cole's probably going to pick Auburn in the Iron Bowl. And then the final game – oh. You want to say something? I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna be. I gotta wait to see the spreads and the numbers here. I don't. I gotta wait and see who I'll pick in that game. However, you know, I'm gonna like. 
it would be quite funny and very redeeming for Auburn to win that game, to win the Iron Bowl and to beat Alabama and just really just stick the knife in their heart as they complete the killing, as they will not make their postseason, their playoff hopes would be dead at that point. So I would love to see Correct. that. My future on Alabama has nothing to do with them making the playoff. I have them winning the SEC, so if they win the SEC, that's fine with me. Final game in the SEC, Kentucky goes on the road, beats Mississippi State 24-3. This game gets Kentucky bowl eligible, but I think they had a little higher aspirations this year than just to make a bowl with Devin Leary coming in. So that is my SEC take on uh, – a really good day in the SEC, to be honest. A lot of good football. All right, I'm throwing the Pac-12 Cole hat on, and we're diving right into the Pac-12. And honestly, I'm going to save the most fun one for for last here. So I'm going to start here with, uh, I mean, <laughs> California travels to Oregon, and man, they they thought they thought they had a good shot here. Uh, it was it was 14-13 at one point, and uh, Cal was looking like we we're going to hang with them, and then. Oregon turns into do Oregon things and, and wins 63-19. This team is on an absolute mission after that loss to Washington. Bo Nix, 387 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he just looks uh, – he's definitely not out of the Heisman race. Like you said, this is a race that's wide, wide open, and he has not played himself out of this race yet. Um, and he continues to stay there. This team continues to stay there. And this is a very scary football team right now. And they are, they are definitely on a mission. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I he was Bo Nix was the guy I picked for Heisman at the beginning of the year. Uh, I believed he could do it. He definitely wasn't my favorite, but I loved the value I was able to get from him. And I'm I really hope he does win the Heisman. But like you said, this is a wide open race, and Oregon looks really good. Yeah, we both have Bo Nix winning the Heisman, and I think he should be playing himself into that because I think some of the top guys have played themselves out. Obviously, um, you know, the two favorites were Williams and Penix, and JJ's doing his thing. So, but I don't know if. Who knows if he'll win it. But, yeah, great win for Oregon. They're dominant, and they're the best team in the Pac-12. I'm confident to say that. Oregon State travels to Colorado, wins this game 26-19 after a lot of head-scratching coaching decisions. Um, the main one, Dion making an offensive coordinator switch, uh, demoting Sean Lewis and um, promoting Pat Shermer to play calling duties. And, and that's just that was just a stupid decision. Honestly, um, Sean Lewis, I'm pretty sure that's his name, is a very, very good uh, play caller and a good coach. And he he could have his choice at offensive coordinator positions, I think, around the country. Um, and this is, it was just, I mean, he stops calling plays and their offense gets stalled out. Shadur gets hurt. Um, he does come back in. But just Dion calls a weird timeout with two seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Just He, he did a lot of things this game that really showed uh, – he he does have a ways to go uh, in his development as a coach on the Power Five level. He is. I'm not doubting him as a coach. I know like he will build Colorado. He's already built them into being something better than they were. Um, but he definitely has a ways to go, and he's got some uh, to work on a little bit of his uh, strategic decision making um, and his emotional decision making. Because Sean Lewis, it was it was kind of a gross decision that he was demoted here. Well, I think you're going to see as time goes on with Dion is he is going to have to have great coordinators that do all the work for him. Dion is there to recruit and to be the guy. He's the face of the program. He's like the president CEO, but he doesn't do the work of it like his coordinators do. And I agree. He's going to have to figure that out, Cole, because he's going to get kids there. Never is going to be a problem getting kids to come wherever he is. Yeah. And that's an absolute skill that he has. And there's so much value in what he brings. 
Um, and and he he deserves all the flowers for turning around uh, Colorado at least somewhat and making them way better and more competitive than they were last year and everything he's done for that program. He deserves like no, not many other coaches could do that. But that doesn't take anything away from it doesn't take anything away from him when we say that was a stupid coaching decision and he needs to make sure that he surrounds himself with good coordinators. That does not take anything away from the value that he brings to that program. Moving on. Utah absolutely demolishes Arizona State. Uh, they still need need help here um, to make the Pac-12 championship. I don't think they will, but they they are the one team that is in the hunt. And uh, yeah, fifty-five to three, Utah wins. Uh, absolutely kills them. Jeff, Arizona's a good team. I mean, Arizona dominates UCLA at home. Uh, homecoming weekend, whiteout uh, for Arizona. Big Gronk was there. Uh, they win twenty-seven to ten, and and really UCLA never looked like they had a chance. I mean, Fafita, freshman, he is like, don't put Delorette back in ever again. 300 yards, three touchdowns. He throws a really nice ball, real catchable ball, um, and he makes a lot of good decisions. And this this team is just, they play with a lot of heart. The defense steps up. Um, and this is, I mean, this is a 6-3 and three team on the cusp of being ranked. 4-2 and two in the Pac-12, they, they obviously would need a, quite a lot of help, but they could also if, if, if chaos happens, which... We know the Pac-12 loves to create chaos when they shoot themselves in the foot and cannibalize each other, as they say. Um, Arizona is not quite out of the race. I expect them to be ranked in the AP poll this week. Um, we'll see about the college football poll, but man, this is what I'm going to continue to stand on. Um, man, I was right about Arizona. Yeah, wow. Jaden Dolores, take your talents to the transfer portal because you're not going to start at quarterback here. And this was an easy one on the A-plus picks of the week. Had them plus three and this was an easy one that's all i can say cole yeah beautiful um yep i was like that's just good for arizona i love to see it stanford uh was wrong about this game beats washington state 10 to 7 washington state the maryland of the pac-12 that likes to start hot and then forget how to play football in the second half of the year um and it was just yeah it was just a disgusting disgusting game and i just that's all i'm gonna say about that because Let's not wait any longer and just get into a game that was a beautiful display of college football offenses. Um, Question, did you take the over in this game? (laughs) I hammered the over. I took it at 76.5, and then I took it again at 77.5, and and then I also took the alternate over at the highest that they would let me get, which was 84.5, which was at plus plus 200. Yeah, and that was... Uh, yeah, I mean, there is you, everyone who listened to the preview show knew exactly how I felt about what would happen with the points in this game. And yeah, I mean, I put my money where my mouth is and I, I bet, I bet, I bet. I wish I would have put, I should have put an A plus picks, not a smart decision for me not to. Um, but that was so easy. Like I said, there wasn't really an, I think I said 95 was the points that I would take the under on maybe. And I mean, that was right. 94 points total, and that was beautiful. And I posed a question to you on the preview episode. Six and a half touchdowns, Caleb Williams, Penix. They get it at seven because Penix did have a rushing touchdown. I was saying the guy never gets rushing touchdowns. So he had three touchdowns accounted for. Caleb had four. So that over would have hit. That would have been a fun one to see on some of the uh, sports books. I didn't find it on the one I normally do, but... Uh, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to let you get us into this game. Yeah, so Washington wins this game 52-42 on the road. Penix played great. Caleb Williams did play really well. He needs help. Caleb Williams needs help. 
but he's also not that guy. I mean, this guy does not win big games. He ha- he can't. His record against ranked teams in his career is just not good, and that is going to be something that he really has to answer those questions and 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 draft interviews. I mean, it's it is a very much a team sport, so you can't put it all on him for not being able to win against these ranked teams. However, it's it's something that he will have to answer for um, because you got to be able to win big games, especially when you play on Sundays. You have to be able to elevate your team and win big games, and he does absolutely elevate his team, uh, which they would be nothing without him. Um, but yeah, Michael Penix, he, I think he he definitely outdueled him in this game. Um, but Michael Penix also has the best receiving room in the country or up there uh, between them and Ohio State, I would say. Um, and so it, it is. It's just. It was a beautiful game, and it was so fun. I think it was like the second quarter where it was like touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Second and third quarter was trade, 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 and it was that was that was a lot of fun to watch. Just what we expected it to be. I mean, first half, sixty-three points were scored in this game, and then second half, you only had thirty-one. So defense is adjusted a little bit, but not, I mean, really that much. And it was it was a great game. It was one that. I'm very glad I had on another TV. I had the Alabama one on the main TV, but that game was, I was locked into it from the start, Cole. And it was, I mean, this is a perfect way, I guess, to just sum up week 10 of college football. And and we have so many games coming down to the wire this past, or yesterday, and even on Thursday and Friday. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see because I love college football. I love talking college football with you. And we're starting to kind of get to the end where, the future king, myself, has a lot on the line with a lot of over-unders, conference championships. The only conference championship I can officially write off, I had USC. I was wrong on that one. Um, and so, But all my other ones are still in play, and it's, it's going to be a good last three weeks of the regular season and then that conference championship week four weeks from yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I am. Like I, I, as a Michigan fan, I'm just getting sick of watching them play teams that are over within 10 minutes of the game so i'm excited to see uh to see penn state and to just at least have everyone stop saying all right let's just wait till they play someone which is which is a very fair thing to say like let's wait and see till they play someone that's i think that's very fair to say i'm just ready to stop having to hear those words because i mean michigan can just go in next week and just beat Penn State and just kill them and leave no doubt so i'm just i'm excited for them to play a good team and i'm excited to really these next Three weeks are so important to the college football playoff leading into uh, the conference championship weekend. I mean, we're it's this is a lot of chaos, a lot um, just of excitement. Uh, I think this year that I it's just like we really I, I this is a year where we really don't know what the playoffs going to be. Anyone can trip up here, and anything can happen, and it's it's really really fun. Uh, and, and Saturday really just sent us even deeper into the chaos and. It's going to be a fun stretch to watch. And really, Florida State looks like the team that has like the easiest path to it right now. But, I mean, you never know. It's going to be, it is going to be a really fun uh, final stretch of the year. Yeah, it's been a beautiful year of college football. And we got plenty, plenty of weeks left. So we do want to say for the podcast, we are um, actually today, to be honest, Cole and I are recording a uh, college basketball preview episode. This is going to publish Monday um, I'm debating. We're probably going to have two episodes published Monday. It kind of depends on how Aiden gets our episodes edited. But college basketball starts this week. This week of games, nothing crazy, nothing uh, to write home about. But it's college basketball. It's back. Uh, two home games for Michigan State. I'm thrilled. 
And if you want to know a lot about Michigan State basketball and a lot of the other top storylines in college basketball, tune in to our college basketball preview episode. And we will see you later this week for week 11 preview that is going to have a lot of talk about Michigan, Penn State. Have a good day.